tricky. What? What's black and white and black and white and black and white? I don't know. What? A penguin rolling down a hill. Oh, God. Hello everyone and welcome to the Engage Family Gaming Podcast. This is episode 209 and my name is Steven Dutzman. I'm your host as always. This week, it's a quiet fireside chat and I'm joined by my very good friend, Amanda Farah, the Princess of Power. How are you? I'm good. I'm happy that we're back this week after my horrible illness from last week. I know. Week. <laughs> so somehow, yeah, so the, we, we, missed, we missed a week last week. So I apologize for that, but we made up for it by publishing our previous episode late. So it all kind of worked out. But your house was was a disease factory, and then mine did the same thing. So we're all recovered now, so we shouldn't be missing much, um, which is great. This week, it's video game week, which is why it's quiet, and it's me and Amanda. Not a lot of news to really talk about, nope. um, but that's okay. Um, because we've got you and I have both been playing some video. Well, I have been playing some video games. You have been continuing your voyage in wherever, whatever world Final Fantasy fourteen is in. Um, it's true. But we have some stuff to talk about. This is not, you know, it's not an empty run of show. Um, but the first thing I'd like to do is go around the horn. How about that? Let's do it. So, um, I'm just going to talk about some things, and then we'll close it up with Final Fantasy fourteen. So, Brilliant. first, this is a, this is my brag. Um, I have finally rolled credits on a Pokemon game for the first time in my life at nearly 40 years old. Dude. Are you not proud of me? I'm so proud of you. That's um, amazing. So, I finished... Po- well, okay, so finished... You never really finish a Pokemon game, is the thing no. that I have learned. Um, however... I made the credits roll, which for me is a victory. Normally I get like halfway through and I get it like to a gym and I'm like, all right, I'm good because something else comes up. But um, Pokemon Shield and Pokemon Sword likewise have this, they have the, a lot of quality of life improvements that kept me from falling off. Um, Okay. I rarely was confused because, man, I'm stupid. I mean, you know that. Um, so, like, <laughs> dude, some of these are just some of these, some, some of those games in the past are a little arcane unless you, like, have a guide in front of you or have memorized typing, things like that. It is, it makes it so much easier to just come back to the game um, from even after taking a little bit of time off, which is what happened mm-hmm. inevitably. I would take a couple of weeks off and I'd forget everything. Um, because most notably, if you've encountered a Pokemon before, you remember, you know all of the typing for it. So, and it tells you when you're trying to bring Pokemon in if you have stuff that are effective against it, etc. Which is, so it, you kind of remember, it remembers for you with um, the things you've experienced, which is so great. Um, it is also shorter. I mean, and some folks call that a complaint, right? You know, when the, when the internet was mad at Pokemon... Um, yeah. What, what do I say? What do you mean was mad, mad at Pokemon? Um, the internet being angry at Pokemon um, 
a big piece of it was that this game was shorter, and I can understand why that's a criticism for some folks. However, uh, I felt super fulfilled and very happy with what I was experiencing. Um, I had my team. I got to the end. Um, I still have post-game stuff. Like, I haven't caught the Legendary yet, and I'm probably going to do that. And there's still things to do, right? You know, I could catch them all. And I've thought about that, and I probably will, like, plug away at it over time just because it's fun. Um, I'm definitely going to play the DLC when it comes out. Like, I'm actually really excited to continue my story with my team with, like, new stuff to do. Um, but, man, it is... Hands down, Pokemon Shield is my favorite Pokemon game of all time, if for nothing else, because I finished it. Like, it actually let me in. Whereas previous games, and I know they're, you know, I talk all the time, like, they're they're made for kids. They are they are deliberately made for kids in that they have room in their brains to absorb all the, the little minutiae um, mm-hmm. that I just can't <laughs> without writing That's it down. Fair. Pokemon That's Shield fair. welcomed me in with loving arms. Um, and I finished it. Mm, I'm so proud of you. Um, my, I really, really am. My kids are pretty proud of me too. Um, my oldest was very was like judging me for like not having an optimal team loadout for when I went to the end, and he was like not telling me what Rod. the final boss was gonna be because it the final boss was actually very challenging. Like the final battle was very hard because my team was not in any way optimized for him, um, and. It, like there was just I had a lot of holes in my team and there was it was a mess and so I just got by on the fact that I looked at him and I was like I've been playing RPGs for three times your lifespan <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day I know when it's time to just sit and potion spam myself and guess what it worked um so yeah Pokemon Shield I would recommend this to anyone this is what I would say if you are a parent who has forever been like, Pokemon is crazy, I can't do it. Um, try Pokemon Sword or Shield. These games are shorter, and you will get a full Pokemon experience. Um, I did it in like 23 hours. That's so good. That's amazing. Right? I'm um, super proud of you. Um, and what's hilarious is I followed that up by starting Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which is a hundred-something hour experience. So, like, you know, it all balances out. But, so again, that's my recommendation for Pokemon Shield. If you're a parent and Pokemon has just been just way out there, it's too long, there's too much, Pokemon Shield, you can play it, you can finish it, 20-some-odd hours, and you will have you will have that experience, which means you'll be able to relate to your kids in a way that you weren't before, because you'll be able to say, hey, I played this game from beginning to end, I know what it's like to go through these gym battles, I know, you know, you know what's going on, um... I was just disappointed in the final tournament because I have a tournament at the end that I didn't get to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite gym leader, who is the ice gym leader, um, I didn't get to fight her. I was a little disappointed, um, but it's fine. I whooped up on some other guy. So that's Pokemon <laughs> Shield. That's um, so good. So I, because we were all so sick, right? I I just yep. needed to. I needed I needed to finish Pokemon, which is what I did. The next thing I did. Wouldn't you know, I spent a good amount of time with a Super Nintendo game. Did you? I did. So, I needed... I read an article. It was on Kotaku, like, two or three months ago. Kotaku, Mm -hmm. for those that don't know, is a video game website. Um, Seriously pointed directly at, like, hardcore gamers. Which is probably why, if you're listening to this show, you probably have no idea what I just said. Um, 
but they uh, one of their writers who's big time RPG fan um, said that his comfort food like his his most playtime in the last like six or seven months have been NES and SNES games specifically role playing games on the Nintendo Switch. Um, which is interesting because he's known for being a Final Fantasy guy, and there are no older Final Fantasy games on the Switch. Like, there's 7 and 8 and 9, but, like, not 4 or 6 or 5, which is his jam. Um, so he's been playing Dragon Warrior and Breath of Fire and things like that, which are simpler um, role-playing games from an earlier era. And um, I took his advice and I have a Nintendo Switch online which I recommend to just about anyone who has a Nintendo Switch I think it's a great value and in the Super Nintendo game package there are two Breath of Fire games they are role playing games made by Capcom which is mm-hmm. interesting cuz Capcom they don't do that no more <laughs> um no. not so much known for the role playing games although if they brought Breath of Fire back I think that would that would make some waves I think um and they got to do something. Um, so I started Breath of Fire 2. And my, first, my kids were really, you know, they were watching it with me. Um, and they were really interested. And then eventually they, they were like, oh, you've got like a dog companion. How cool is that? Like your dude's like a dog. And his name is Bo. And he uses a bow. And it's like the first part of Bow Wow. And I was like, welcome to the 90s localization, kids. Um, I love it. So, but the thing that I... Um, and so they all asked me, like, do you think we could play this? And I was like, well, of course, you, you absolutely could. And the more I played it, the one thing that I found really interesting is that that game is really hard. Yo. Um, and so I know the the reason I bring it up is, number one, it's super cool. And if, if you're a parent who maybe remembers playing old school role-playing games on your uh, SNES and you've kind of fallen off of it, you know, there are some of them are on there and you can definitely play them. Um, I don't know that I would give this to a kid. Um, and it's not from a, um, not from like a content perspective, like whatever, you know, like they fight zombies, but it's 16 bit, you know, they do the thing where they slide forward when they attack, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. like this is old school stuff, but because it's really, really, really hard, not like Pokemon hard where it's like, you just got to remember stuff. And if you're too lazy to remember it or write it down, that, that is kind of your own fault. AKA. Yeah. Um, but in this case, (laughs) like it is brutally difficult. Um, and so I had, I, I mean, your mileage may vary. What are your, what are your thoughts on that? Like punishing difficulty from older games, that are hard just because they're old. I mean, I think that when I like when I go back and I, I start playing some of those older games, I don't have I don't have the patience for them anymore because I'm not a kid. So I don't know. Like games have evolved so much to have games have evolved so much to have so much more quality of life. And I don't necessarily think that going back and playing games that are older and therefore are more punishing because they don't have those quality of life upgrades, I don't necessarily love them, you know? Yeah. Like, 
they're they're good to have in the collective consciousness if you love playing punishing massacre games you know go for it if you love nintendo hard i'm not going to judge you for it but i personally have zero patience for that kind of stuff anymore i play games a lot of the time to decompress not get more frustrated <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that that phrasing right there, playing it to escape, to decompress, to kind of avoid the shenanigans versus, you know, getting riled up. Like that's why I don't play Dark Souls. And mm-hmm. and I know and this is I know for a fact those games are good. I know it. I'm absolutely Legit. certain. Um what what game did I start? There was a game that literally I started and I was like, okay, this is the final straw. I can't even remember. It was within the last couple of weeks. I played. Oh, was uh, it D- Jedi Fallen Order? It was Jedi. It was Jedi. Yeah. And, it's, and we talked about that where I played it and I just realized I'm bad, and so I gave it back. To, I took it out and I started playing something else. But the reality is, I turned like I turned it off and I started playing other games that were hard, just not the same way. Um, and I, I, I the. the you're right. I mean, we're grown-ups and we, we want to relax with our games. Um, and because I found myself playing Breath of Fire 2 and I got to a dungeon. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it wasn't a dungeon. It was like a lumber yard or whatever. But whatever. I got to a place and I was a character all by myself with no one else in my party. Mm-hmm. And repeatedly got thrown into combats with like six or seven enemies. Right. And so I get one turn and then they all get a turn. And so, like, they get one round, and I'm, uh, like, halfway through my health bar, and it's like, I mean, so it's really difficult to, um, and they always, and the enemies always go first, because I'm low level, so I don't have a high enough speed or whatever. So, it was really just so frustrating. Um, I enjoyed it, and I loved it for the grind and the fact that I could just kind of sit there and, you know, I could listen to podcasts while I was fighting monsters because it was mindless. Um, but it was it was interesting to think about, you know, and when my kids asked if they could play, I was like, of course, but you guys got to know, like, this game is going to punch you in the head. Oh, yeah. Um, Hondo P. And I think, I think that's the, the lesson I took from that, like, the idea of, you know, Content-wise, a lot of those NES and Super Nintendo games are going to be perfectly fine. But I think if they've only played modern stuff, like if you've only played like Fire Emblem Heroes or whatever, um, or Fire Emblem Warriors or Hyrule Warriors, and then you go try and play like Double Dragon, like they are ostensibly the same because they're but they're but they're very different. Um, because it's just games are they're better now some games in that thing are timeless right super mario world yeah. is one of the best games of all time that's very different but even that game punches you in the head a lot especially in the later levels it's true um, like entirely true but so that was my frustrating gaming experience of the weekend but i want to talk to you about the most divine video game experience i've had oh, in a very long time um, this is going to be a game. We're going to be talking about it a lot. We're probably going to do some some streams, probably some YouTube videos. Um, my sons, uh, Evan and Jake and I, we formed a guild in Dauntless. Um, and um, it is 
we now that we can, I'm playing on PC. This is the miracle of modern gameplay. Thank you, Fortnite, for forcing this. Um, I was on PC. My son Evan was on PlayStation 4. And my son Jake playing on his Switch Lite. We were all playing, seamlessly able to just join our into our parties. And we formed a three-man wrecking crew. We, like, negotiated and talked about who was going to use what weapons. And then we, we just hunted a bunch of monsters. Um, for... Um, for those that don't know what Dauntless is, I've talked about it briefly on the podcast in the past, but Dauntless is Monster Hunter meets World of Warcraft. Yes. Um, it is a T-rated monster hunting game where you play a character who, there's a story, but I barely understand what's happening. Um, and you equip crazy weapons, um, and you group up in groups of up to four, and you go fight giant monsters and there will be one monster on a whole map and you have to hunt that one monster and you have to fight it and they are big fights they are long they are complicated um and then you kill the monsters they drop pieces and you bring them back and you use them to either build or improve armor and weapons and the 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 real loop here is especially for the three of us is we go and and Evan's like hey I'm trying to upgrade this spear so I need to go fight this monster and so we go do it um and in the beginning we're all in a lot of the same we're doing kind of the same thing so it's like all right let's just go fight the ice thing three times and let's go fight the fire thing three times um but over time the quality of your loot drops or the quantity of the drops that you get because some of it's tied to how well you do in the fight like mm-hmm. you might have to do it a few different times um you you may have to go back and switch weapons because there are some fights you know you're fighting earth monsters you have to have a hammer to knock its armor off and if you don't have the armor the hammer to knock the armor off you may as well not even try <laughs> um like Fair. it's really interesting cool fights that are hard enough to make you work but not so hard that they make you want to throw your controller um so we made a guild um, that other folks are welcome to join. Um, you can message us on uh, the Facebook page if you would like. Um, the guild is called Till All R1. It's definitely a Transformers reference because, of course, it is. Um, and we did it. I mean, we played the three of us combined. I mean, this was a long time. So, you know, but we were all playing together. So I was fine with it. We played probably about six hours on Saturday once we got going. Oh, um, I love that. And. Um, it was the be- it was probably the best video game time that the three me and the two boys have had I think ever you know playing Aww. together we tried playing I Fortnite together and that was hard because I'm just not good at it but this was um more my speed but also like I know how to manage a quest list and I know how to gather materials and try and complete objectives. So being mm-hmm. able to be like, all right guys, this is what we've got to do. Um, I was able to kind of help them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it doesn't hurt that the weapons are awesome. They've got this, you know, my son Evan was using this giant two handed sword and Jacob fights with chain blades, which are more or less the blades of chaos from God of War. Um, and I was using a spear, which um, you build up. Me- His is crazy. You build up meter by like fighting, mm-hmm. and then you absorb it and turn it in, and you absorb it and turn it into ammo. Um, and then you can move to range, and you can turn your spear into a bazooka. 
Um, oh. So, <laughs> which is, so it gives you this loop of you got to run in, hit it a bunch, do whatever, and then back up and then shoot it, um, which is a neat, which is a really neat mechanic. Um, and I used a hammer once because you needed it in order to kill the rock boss. Um, of course. It was, um, you know, and I don't know that we're going to do this. Every, I mean, we're obviously not going to play it every day. Um, but this is one of those, if every couple of weeks we sit down and just do a couple of hunts and just put a bunch of times free, um, it does throw microtransactions in your face. There is a quest to go get the battle pass. <laughs> but, but, oh, I love it. The free battle pass is there and you can 100% do it. And um, the rewards on the free battle pass are better than most. So I, I really thought it was fine. I think this is one of those things, right? I, I don't know that we're, we would do every battle pass, mm-hmm. but like they're very heavily themed. Like this one is all cyberpunk this season. So I don't particularly care for any of those, but like the first season was like ninjas. <laughs> so everybody got to look like a ninja. So I might do that. So Dauntless, um, highly approve of it. Uh, I think it is a great multiplayer experience. You can do the fight. You can do private matches, so you don't have any strangers in. Um, That's a biggie. The fights are a little harder, but if you're willing to deal with that. I mean, Evan has done a few times where he's fought the monsters by himself because he just didn't want to deal with humans, um, and he was able to do it. So I think that they scale the monsters down a little bit so you can fight them. Some of them, I'm sure it's impossible. Um, but yeah, it was great. So that is Dauntless. It's free. It's on PC, Switch, PS4, Xbox One, cross-play across everything. Um, if your kids are looking for another game to play with their friends and you're done with them playing Fortnite for whatever reason, um, this is a decent alternative. You know, get them together with their friends and have them fight monsters rather than, you know, shoot people. True. So, yeah, that's my, that is my story, and I'm sticking to it. Amanda, you've been adventuring in... Eorzea. In Eorzea. It was definitely lost in mind. Is it Eorzea or Eorzea? Eorzea. Eorzea, okay. So, yes. Um, yeah, the I'm land getting, of Final Fantasy fourteen. The, the land of Final Fantasy fourteen. yeah. So, I'm getting really close to... Actually, before we jump into that, I kind of want to just, like, add my own little thoughts into Dauntless. I had a oh, chance sure, to sure, check sure, it sure. out um, when we were at, at PAX West. That's where I checked it out. And the I had a lot of the same thoughts. And, unfortunately, we haven't had, like, a whole ton of time to sit down with the little ones and be like, Hey, guys, let's play some Dauntless. Um, it's a little bit beyond Vivi at this point, and I think that she would just get really mad at the game. And so I'm hoping that we just push her push her off of it for just a little bit longer, and then we can all sit down and play together. Uh, but you it's can a join super, our guild. super... Yeah, I, I'm down, man. I'm down. Like, we have been meaning to sit down and play this game for ages because it is such a satisfying experience. It's just mm-hmm. Monster Hunter Light, and it's super interesting. Yeah, I think that the, I think the Monster Hunter Light is... Um, a really important phrase because Monster Hunter, you know, for folks that are listening, is the, the the loop that is so exciting about Monster Hunter is that it is a team based experience where you're where it's all about the boss, it's all about fighting a big thing, and the big thing is always since it's only they only have to make so many different monsters, they can make them really cool and really dynamic and have interesting mechanics and fight loops. 
And so with Monster Hunter, it, the, the problem is that it's very hard. It's a very yes. arcane action role-playing game. It's rooted in World, Japanese... World is a lot better, though. Like, just true. to call a spade a spade, it is also, it's a T-rated game. Yeah. It's... But it is hard. It is still much harder than hard. Dogmas. Lots of systems. Yeah. Lots of crunchy bits. Yeah. So like really, but I mean, if you love those kinds of games that are deep in mechanics, then I mean, bro. then you should probably take a look. <laughs> However, Dauntless is a decent middle ground. It is. It feels like there are a lot of systems that I'm just looking to kind of get into. Right? You know, there's. You know, you're you have like these different seals and augmentations that you can put on your weapons and all that, which is great. Um, and I'm sure eventually we're going to need it. And the, the I can I, the the fact that there's so many loadout spots, like I can just tell I'm going to have to build like 15 different suits of armor, which is my favorite thing to do in role playing games. Um, so yeah, you know, the fact that you called it like Monster Hunter Light, it is that is so perfect because it is way more accessible um and you know also you know free yeah which exactly says something and monster um, hunter world is not it's a 60 dollars yeah. game so um, also available on switch yes although which, it is a bit chuggy on the switch i mean yeah i mean what do you do i mean a lot of things are it's just that but but it's not unplayable. I mean, Jacob was playing on it, and his biggest struggle is that like he load he loaded into um, maps a little bit slower mm-hmm. than us. But other than that, he was happy with it. But That's he was good. playing it on the Switch Lite in a handheld mode. Mm-hmm. Um, so because obviously Switch Lite doesn't have a dock mode, I wonder if he tried it on a Switch in docked mode, like on the other one, whether or not he would have a better experience. We'll have to try that. But um, yeah, so. I'm glad that you had the experience at PAX West. We should we should hook up and play. I will totally. Um, I wouldn't even need to Sherpa you because I'm not that far in. Also, you don't really need Sherpaing. This is go stab the big monster thing. Yeah. yeah um. That's true. So we'd be okay. Um. So yeah, that's Dauntless. Man, that's I love Dauntless. that game. Yeah, um, I'm pretty. I'm pretty psyched that um, you guys are getting into it because what a what a stellar game. Oh man, it's so good. It's so it, it and it, I like. Um, I mean, I played it at PAX East a couple years ago. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe it was last year. I can't remember. They all bleed together. And um, I I came home saying I'm definitely gonna play this when I can play with my sons. And this past weekend, I was like, you know what, guys, we got we have the capacity. We should just do this. And we did it, and it was great. So I definitely yeah. recommend it. I love it. Um, and I, I give it the seal of approval. The only question mark is that these are big monsters, and when you hit them with swords, they do bleed. So if you are super anti-blood in your games, which I totally understand if you are, then be aware. The monsters do bleed. However, um, you are never fighting people. Um, you are fighting giant owl beasts or crazy demon beavers. I don't know. I killed the demon beaver and a lizard um i don't know i killed some monsters but no people so that's the it's rated t for a reason but largely because you're using you know real weapons to fight monsters and they bleed so there you go um so dauntless now on to final fantasy 14 which is a game that i want to play but i just can't now i'm just so like lost 
in watching you guys talk about what you're doing on Twitter that like, I just don't think I could ever catch up. Can you explain to me? I can tell you how you can catch up because it is not that difficult, believe it or not. I mean, we've been at this for a couple months and we play maybe a couple, couple times a week. We go hard and heavy on the weekends sometimes, but we haven't had time over the last like two, three weeks. Um, cause we've had birthdays and this, you know, going into the city and you know, there's other stuff going on. So, so yeah, the thing about Final Fantasy XIV to keep in mind is that it is only as time-consuming as you intend it to be. It doesn't have to be bonkers. You don't have to sink hundreds of hours into this game to get a lot out of it. The catching up is as simple as playing the main story. That's it. That's it, man. And I think we're about... 30 hours into the main story so it's about as much as playing a regular Final Fantasy game so all you gotta do is you gotta choose your class and just you know you just I'm not gonna lie to you the, the main story quest in the base game is not all that exciting until you get towards the end of it we're, and we're encroaching on level 40 right now so we're about 10 minute, 10 levels sorry uh, away from the end of the game in terms of main story missions and stuff like that. So we'll be moving into into the next one, which I think is Heaven's Word. Pretty sure Heaven's Word is I after this. I think so. Yeah. So we're going to be moving through that and then through Stormbringer and then through Shadow... No, Shadowbringer. Mm-hmm. And there was Stor- Stormblood and then Shadowbringer. So that's how that's going to go. But we're taking our time, man. The stuff that we've been really enjoying is just sitting around and like I go fishing in the game because I'm the I'm the culinarian, so I cook stuff. All right. Um, but it really isn't that difficult to get into. The best part of it is the social aspect. And it, that's just hopping on Discord or on I mean, we chat on Steam. That's what we use. We use Steam Voice. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, that's that's what we do. So it's not it's not that difficult to get caught up. It's really not, especially not with somebody that's just like, hey, all you got to do is just get through the main story quest and we'll sit there and we'll do dungeons with you. Um, yeah. All right. Well, I will uh, continue to think about it. Okay. Um, and um, so it's it is so the new expansion, the Shadowbringer one that came out last year, right? Yes. Um, and so what do they do, a new one every couple of years? Is About it... that, yeah. Yeah, the last one that they had before this one was in 2017. So. All right, so just about every two years, um, like Clockwork. This is one of those games, what's crazy about this, just from the history of it for those listening, is that when this game came out, it was terrible. Oh, yeah. And uh, Square Enix saw enough of a kernel um, or someone gave them a really good sales pitch one or the other probably both and they saw a kernel of fun and they just redid it mm-hmm. right i mean how crazy is that that doesn't happen no um nowadays especially well, well, okay. we'll get to we'll get to the 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 future exception to that rule but yes i could like we can we can talk a little bit more how this yeah. how this went later on if you want to get into it but yeah, yeah we can. this is in general that doesn't happen no right? like a game comes out and it's terrible and very rarely does it get fixed and so here we are um and it's a it's a successful mmo with a subscription mm-hmm. model which is also rare 
right? You know, it's pretty much, there's a handful now, or is it just two, right? Is it just Final Fantasy and WoW? Uh, no, those there's, are the... there's, uh, there's, there's quite, still quite a few MMOs that are out there. Like there's... With subscription models? Uh, there's also I think... Star Wars The Old Republic, which is a subscription model. Oh, um, all right. It's I thought that free went free to play. To play. It is free to play for the first 10 levels. Oh, all right. Okay. So, very few, but you're right. There's some. Um, man, I, I I, mean, I played it for a little bit. We streamed a small portion of it um, during our extra live stream. So, I did, I did make a character, um, and one of the donation incentives was to name him and choose his hair color. So, I will be... Uh, so, I, I have to commit to playing as that character at some point um i can't even remember the name at this point but i have it installed so i, I will be i i am going to play and so we will probably be streaming some of this on our facebook page i'm kind of excited to give it a try um i mean i love final fantasy games and i love mmos so um we'll be we'll be taking advantage of this so you guys this is this is it seems to me that final fantasy 14 is your chill game it's our chill game it's absolutely our chill game. Um, and do you think the game supports that well enough? Or for being chill? Yeah. I mean, I think that there's I think that there's a lot to say for there there's a lot to say for games like for specifically for Final Fantasy fourteen, it does what a lot of MMOs just can't. And a lot of MMOs have never been able to transcend the meta. They've only had like, okay, fight things, do dungeons, level up, you know, waste a lot of time and energy and hours. And it's not really fun after a certain time because you got to go like grind and level up and all that stuff. The cool thing about Final Fantasy XIV is that you can take your time. And a lot of dungeons are four-person dungeons. So, especially in the early game and in the base game, especially. So, all you have to do is, as long as you've got either a guild or you've a free company, as they're known in Final Fantasy XIV, or you've got, um, you've got like one or two friends, you can go through and you can do a lot of the main story with ju either just by yourself with a couple of friends or with a pickup group. And the pickup groups in Final Fantasy XIV are astoundingly good. This is a game that is full of excellent people. So we have had no trouble with... Because we don't have a tank for our composition. So that's, that's a prerequisite is you need two DPS, a healer, and a tank for each dungeon that you do in Final Fantasy XIV. So we always go into a dungeon looking for some random tank. We've never been disappointed. Ever. These are like, these could easily go sideways, but they always go great. And we've only wiped a couple of times. And anytime we've wiped, the person that is like running as our tank is so chill. They're like, oh, you guys have never done this before. It's fine. I wiped like four times the first time I did this dungeon. Don't worry. I got you. So just an exceptional community. So I think that the way that Final Fantasy XIV has been created from the ground up with A Realm Reborn has been based around the idea of community and that this game is nothing without its people. Um, yeah, that sounds great. I mean, the... the Hacking wholesome, dude. The, the good community um, is a rare thing um, in online games. So, um, okay. So that's Final Fantasy XIV. 
it's a thing. Um, I think, I mean, you can play a good portion of that game without spending any money on it. Um, I think you get up to what, like level 20? I think so. Um, so anybody that wants to give it a shot can certainly do so. I think the character creation process is a little bit more intimidating than it should be. Just because it, it asks you a lot of questions all at once that and doesn't tell you what the consequences are. Um, but um, just I, I encourage everybody just kind of do it. <laughs> Um, and you know, if you're interested in it, give it a try, uh, especially if you've never tried like an MMO. Um, I think it's a, I, I definitely think Final Fantasy 14 is a great place to start. If you're interested in that, uh, especially on the back of its strong community. Um, and I'll be playing there and we'll be able to report back. Um, cause I am, I am sold. I'm going to give it a try. Um, I might awesome. have to remake my guy on whatever server you guys are on, but we'll figure it out. So that is around the horn. Um, we it, the next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting, as both of us are going to be traveling a lot. But we'll uh, we'll make it work. Um, so um, let's take a little bit of a break, and when we come back. We're going to talk about a new game that is coming in 2020 that both of us are very excited about and just found out, and then we're going to ponder. An interesting question uh, that was presented by today specifically uh, in the gaming space. So, everybody, we will be back in a moment. everybody this is steve i'm the host if you like listening to this podcast you probably like some of our other content too you can find that all over social media so make sure to head over to facebook.com slash engaged family gaming perhaps you might like to see some stuff on twitter by going to twitter.com slash e-f-g-a-m-i-n-g or maybe you just want to head on over to instagram and look for engaged family gaming there see you later guys bye now all right everybody we are back it is still episode 209 i'm still steven and i'm still here with the princess of power and we're still talking about video games so we went around the horn we talked about some mmos we've been playing we talked about some old games um let's talk about a new game game that was just an announced is probably the right word uh just brought to the public at large this past week um and it's coming to steam in early access mm -hmm. during 2020 and it is called hoko life h-o-k-k-o-l-i-f-e um now amanda did you know of this game before it hit the video game universe i sure did not I've been out of the this, game for a little while, man. I'm just, I'm just getting back into it. Oh, I, I get, I get that. But, but you, uh, my under, my, um, your reputation, at least in my heart, is that you are just omniscient and omnipresent. So <laughs> you're the best. Um, so, um, Hoko Life. Let me give you an elevator pitch on oh, this. Um, tell me, me everything. I'm so excited about this game. Here's what's crazy. I can tell you everything, and it'll take maybe a minute. <laughs> so, um, Hoko Life is Animal Crossing on PC. Done. I just did. <gasps> Um, literally, that's it. So it's it's that's by, it. That's the tweet. Um, that's the yeah. It, it is Animal Crossing on PC. Hit send tweet. So um, it is. It's a little bit more than that, 
but ever so slightly. And I and I'm honestly okay with that. So um, anybody that's interested, go to hoko.life um, and you'll get the information. Um, it is from the, it is a community sim is what they call it um and it is a it's it's just like animal crossing i think it is a kind of a cross between animal crossing and the sims and the sims piece is really just coming down to the fact that it is a pc game so it is expandable there's going to be a lot more systems and i am sure over time this game is going to get way more complicated than say an animal crossing which is really meant to be a simple and just a a, a, a a peaceful and like a simple joy of a game to play, right? Whereas this one, I feel like it's going to have a little bit more work to it just by nature of the fact that there's just more stuff to do. Yeah. And it's coming into early access, which means we're going to see player feedback come into it. Um, some of the features that are built into the game, um, it has a, a crafting system um, where you... You go out into mines and forests and get and mine and dig and chop for your resources and you bring it back and you craft stuff. That is not new, right? We all know how that works. But crafting systems, no matter what they're in, are always fun, right? Like it just <laughs> for me, it just feels like going and gathering stuff and coming back and seeing what you can make out of it is just this mechanic. They could put it. They could put it into Street Fighter, and I'd probably be okay with it. Um, actually, I would be super okay with it if they put it in Street Fighter. Um, so they have one thing they showed off, and they have this very awesome minute and nine second trailer that I had you watch before the episode. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was packed full of information. One of the things they talked about is they had a you know a pretty robust item design tool. So like shirts and um, pillows and you're able to customize the look of everything with like a pretty okay set of tools for designing and I'm sure that that's only going to get better over time um, like I could imagine I'll be able to eventually like make my house and throw like our logo on it right like that's yeah. the kind of stuff that I would imagine you know um, and that's super cool um, you can design you know there's you can paint you can build you can decorate the level of detail in how like you can really get into detail on like how you put throw pillows on couches like with some very detailed stuff um which means there's going to be very clearly two different groups of people i would imagine that you would be the one that would be very careful as far as like where your matching throw pillows go on each pillow and for me it's like everything's going to live in a me. grid i do you know, know you so well everything's going to go on a grid and it's going to be all about efficiency and austerity and it's going to be green and black because that's my LARP team's colors. Like, it's just going to end up being like that thing, right? Or maybe I'll make an EFG house. Um, so, like, who knows? It's going to be one of those situations. Or you're going to be like a kid, just leaves your furniture everywhere, you know? So, um, it does have farming in it, um, which we don't know how deep that farming goes. My son, Jacob, watched the trailer and he goes, oh, so it's like, they, like, just made a donut and, like made an Animal Crossing donut and put like, you know, Stardew Valley jelly in it. And I was like, you know, I'm not mad at that. Um, I am mad. I'm not mad. I mean, so we don't know exactly how detailed that's going to be, but it does have farming and fishing and hunting bugs. Um, this is uh, coming on PC and being, you know, having user-created content on PC. 
obviously comes with its own challenges. However, um, this looks like a pretty wholesome, fun time. What? It, so, I've been kind of simmering on this for a couple of days. Let me hear your thoughts now that I've talked way too much. Okay. So, fun story. I have been having such a hankering for a Sims game for like a month. And as soon as you told me about this game, I'm like, so this is Animal Crossing meets The Sims. I think I need it. All right. Um, that was that was my immediate reaction. My immediate reaction was if this is the hybrid that I've been waiting for and I get to do even more with my like with my people, then I'm just I'm all in. I am just all all in. This is along yeah. the same lines of Temtem, man. Like that's a good segue. Let's put a pin in Temtem and we'll we'll talk about that moment. But like um but go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to I don't want to cut you off. No, I'm no, gonna, no. I want to talk more about Temtem later, but no, it's, it's, so it's along the same lines. It's along the same lines. That's kind of what it reminds me of is it, is it evokes a lot of the same feelings while being a completely different kind of game. Yeah. This is I I'm with you, right? Um what I like about this is um, it, it evokes Animal Crossing sensibilities, but it is not limited by being an Animal Crossing game. And when I say limited, is that Nintendo, as much as they innovate with their hardware, right? Mm-hmm. Their games, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild being the exception, for the most part, their games... 3D Mario games are 3D Mario games, by and large, right? 2D Mario games are 2D Mario games. And, you know, Donkey Kong does the same stuff. Like, at the end of the day, Nintendo sticks with what works. And so, like, when they announced Animal Crossing New Horizons, which I'm super excited for, despite some of its challenges, um, and I, if, if you're curious what I mean by that, just listen, I recorded an EFG Daily Commute uh, last week, Um, because there are some decisions they made that make me a little upset, but the... I knew what I was going to get, right? We knew that it was going to be a game that you could play in bite-sized chunks every day. It was not meant to be marathoned for eight hours at a time. It's meant to be played for 45 minutes a day. You pick it up, you do your chores, and you put it back. And you do that over a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. This has the potential, because of some of the deeper stuff, being able to go and do more crafting, etc. It feels like there might be more to do at a given time in this game. Mm -hmm. Um, And the fact that they'll be going into early access. I mean, early access, one of the reasons you do that is so that you can take fan feedback and try and build up the game. Um, I can't wait to see what this game becomes. Whereas Animal Crossing New Horizon, I know what it's going to be. It's an island, and maybe they'll add some new decorations. But for the most part, when that game launches and people get their codes and we start reading reviews and we start playing it for ourselves... We know what that game is, and it's not yeah. going to fundamentally change. Whereas this game, being that it's on PC, etc., I mean, who knows? They could add whole new systems a year later, and that's not going to happen with Animal Crossing. So that's what's cool for me. Um, you know, so it it also looks super cute. It really evokes some of that, some of those same feelings. Um, you know, you're still a person walking around with animal people. <laughs> <laughs> um, Maggie, the first time she saw it, she goes, Dad, this just looks like an Animal Crossing knockoff. And I was like, hold on, just 
Knockoff implies that it's bad. Like, watch it for a second. And then by the end of the trailer, she was like, okay, so we're getting this? <laughs> um, so, the what I find really... Is this is a second game in the last... Speaking of Temtem, <laughs> this is the second time in a couple of months that another company has been like, you know what, Nintendo? Slash the Pokemon company. You got a good thing going. Um, why don't we take this idea that has previously been locked on your consoles and make it distinct <laughs> hmm. um, and put it on PC um, and, you know, kind of run away with it. I, and for By all accounts, Temtem has been wildly successful. They've been really happy. They're getting, you know, they're putting out new content almost every day um, and, you know, updating it. They can't keep up with the demand which is a good problem to have. Mm-hmm. I mean, except for the fact that the internet's toxic, but what are you going to do? Um, it feels like this is this got a very warm reception on Twitter when mm-hmm. this was announced, um, which is considering how cynical Twitter is right now, um, and I can't blame it. The fact that this came in and just got everybody feeling good for a little bit, and this is coming out the same year as Animal Crossing, like, they'll be, I can't even wait. Seriously, though. <laughs> um... So what? So so we got Hoko taking on animal, taking on Animal Crossing. We got Temtem taking on Pokemon. Um, we already have a million Metroidvanias. What 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 else does what else does Nintendo have that other people could just totally just ape on and just make this kind of game? Um, hmm. You think? Is there anything, or have they just kind of done it all? I feel like they've, this is like these are the two major properties. I think that if they did anything else, it would end up, you know, harping too close on like Metroid or Zelda or whatever, and it just won't go. It, it like there's not enough there outside of IP recognition, like brand recognition, to keep people interested. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that I think that they've done a really like these two separate companies, and they are separate companies. I've done mm-hmm. a really great job of capitalizing on the feeling of these games without crossing into territory that they can't come back from. Um, because man, Nintendo would destroy them. Oh yeah, they'd be toast. <laughs> like, um, I mean, we've seen plenty of fan games get torn down because they're trying to do something crazy. Um, these are not fan games. These are real companies making real games that do real things. Yep. Um, and they certainly evoke an emotion. Um. And, you know, man, I can't wait to get my hands on either of them, really. Um, and it's Animal Crossing. I mean, realistically, Animal Crossing... If, if Nintendo just said, fine, we're going to publish Animal Crossing on PC, the world would set on fire. But n- they now they're, uh, somebody uh, stole their lunch because Hoko Life is now on PC. So, well, will be on PC sometime mm-hmm. in 2020. So all of y'all can look forward to... Um, Hoko Life content when it comes out because we will most definitely be playing this one. Um, and again, if you're curious, we'll put a link in the show notes, but it's hoko.life. So H-O-K-K-O dot life is the website. The very first thing you see is the minute and nine second trailer. You'll know exactly what a man and I are talking about this within uh-huh. it. Like 100% you will know. Um, and I'm excited for all the people that just want to play a game like this, all the kids that want to play a game like this and maybe... Their parents aren't buying them a second console because, you know, dad has a PS4 and that's good enough. Or maybe they have a PC 
Because I'm sure this is going to end up on PS4 eventually. This is just what it feels like, you know? Like, if this is successful, it feels like it'll move on. But if you have a PC and it doesn't look like you need a beast of a machine to run it, um, you know, you run it on the family computer, this looks like it could be a great opportunity for those kids that have just been kind of missing out. Um, because they don't have a Nintendo. With That's that said, fair. if if you're one of those parents listening to this, get a Switch, trust me. Get a um, Switch Lite, even. We've talked about this. Get a Switch Lite. Yeah, we did. We do love the Switch Lite. Um, I absolutely love the Switch Lite. Although, mm-hmm. I've had a lot of parents ask me um, in the last couple of weeks, and this is more of a reminder to myself to talk about it, um, is that they, they're still not entirely clear on the differences between the two. So don't worry, folks. I'm going to write a primer on that. Nice. Um, because it feels like that will be evergreen. Yes. Because um, Nintendo has made it very clear they're not making another Switch this year. Mm-mm. Um. Probably because they're going to do it next year. Who knows? Um, okay. So that is the game topic. New announcement. Um, I'm going to save some of the other news for the EFG show later on in the week because I don't think you want to yell about fighting games with me. So we're going to no. wait. Well, I'll talk about Evo with Jeff on Thursday. That's okay. <coughs> um, so, because um, I'm very excited about Evo. Um, however... Today, an interesting thing happened today. Today is Tuesday, the 11th. A very interesting thing happened that the reaction on the internet and across various discords, etc., um, was different than I expected. And that is that a game, admittedly, this is not a family-friendly game. I'm just using this as an illustration. Um, a game called The Division 2, which came out uh, towards the beginning of last year, um, uh, was dropped in price today to $3.00. $2.99 um, as part of a promotion to go along with an announcement for a new expansion pack. So it was not, yeah. it wasn't just a sale. This was clearly, a, this was marketing dollars that was used to subsidize the price of these games for folks. Um, and it went down to $3. And I saw two responses. One of them was like, this game is definitely worth 3 bucks. It is you will get three dollars worth of entertainment if you install it and walk around Washington D.C. for a few minutes. Let alone the fact that it is a full role-playing game mm-hmm. set in Washington D.C. Um, so there was that. I, I always some there were a bunch of people in various Facebook groups asking, "Is this worth it for three dollars?" And I'm like, More "I don't that. think I don't know if I've ever seen a video game that was not worth three dollars because bad jokes." are worth $3. You know what I mean? Um, but I I just answered yes to all of them, and I've never played it. I was just like, yes, it is worth $3. Because it's like a coffee in Connecticut. Like a, co- a large coffee at Dunkin' Donuts is $3.03. You could get... <laughs> you could get the Division 2 for less than a coffee. So that was one response. And those are fine. You can kind of expect that. The other one was kind of like a cynical, like, micro-rage... Which was, yeah. why did I pay this game? Why did I buy this game day one? Why did I pay full price? Or why did I pay, buy it for half price? Why shouldn't I have just waited until it was $3? Now, I mean, part of that was a little absurd on its face because not every game gets to be 3 bucks. Sure. But what's really... But you you saw some of that response today, too, I'm sure, because you live on Twitter, much like I, I do. And so the question of the hour is, um, because this was actually posed of me, is, is it worth it to buy video games the day they come out anymore? 
Hmm. And I have thoughts, but I would love to hear yours. Okay. So this is a, this is a complicated question because I think it really depends on the game. If you are buying a service game, it is not worth it to purchase it on day one. Never. It is never worth it to purchase a service game on the first day it comes out so that you have it in your hands. I am talking the Destinies, the Rainbow Sixes, the Ghost Recons, um, and all that nonsense. Those are not worth buying on the first day, ever. You are going to have a much better game six months down the line. And also the next time that we have this conversation, we should sit down and talk about Anthem because Anthem is being rebooted in 2021. Well, I was going to talk about that next. Oh, okay. Well, even that's next. All right, that's next. So better. we're going to talk about Anthem before we're even done tonight because that's crazy talk. No, that's, it's good. That's a real thing. And I, and I, so anyway, we'll put a pin in Anthem. because We'll put a pin in Anthem because I was burned by that. But I, don't, I also don't regret it because I was really excited about that game. But games as a service, live service games, whatever you want to call them, those games are not worth purchasing on day one. You're better off waiting a month, three months, six months, a full year before you pick up one of those games to see if they, A, to see if they catch on and they take off because community make and break those kinds of games. Yep. And B, to make sure that the game is actually, I don't know, working as intended. Yep. So big no-no on that. When it comes to single player games, it really depends on, the, on your overall hype factor. If you are extremely hype about this game and it's, I mean, if it's a Nintendo game, especially, if you are super hype and it's a Nintendo game, chances are you are not gonna see a sale on that game for like two years. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe 10 bucks off, right? Like sure. maybe 10 bucks off at Best Buy, but like you're paying 50 bucks for that game at best. At best, if not 60. If right not 60. There. So, I mean, depending on where you live, if you're in Canada, it's 70, so it's it's rough. But the point is, is that if it's a Nintendo game, it's a safe bet. It's a safe bet purchasing first day it comes out. If you are looking to purchase a game that is not a first party or Nintendo endorsed third party game, that's an exclusive for that platform. It is not worth purchasing the first day unless you are incredibly hype about it. So the games for me that I purchase that I will be purchasing on day one will be Watch Dogs Three and Cyberpunk. Those are my big two. Those are the only two games that I'm going to be buying first day this year, at all. Because those are the only two games that yeah. I'm super hype about. Like I'm hype about both yeah. of these games, so that those are my priorities. Those are so Cyberpunk, of course, being a a very like very very M rated. Uh, single-player experience and Watch Dogs 3 being this in this nebulous area of I'm not really sure if it's single-player or multiplayer or what the what the deal with yeah, that's gonna be I don't know I don't know if even they know well they know but they do it, know they do they're just not really sharing details they're just yeah. not sharing details well. right now and that's fine I don't care because Watch Dogs 2 was an incredible game and I played it a year after it came out and I wish I would have played it immediately so those are my two hype games, but anything else, I'll wait for it. Um, I don't need Watch... them first days. First Fun day. fact, um, I actually reviewed Watch Dogs 2 for pixelkin.org. Did um, you? I liked it very, very much um, because you could beat people up with a yo-yo. Um, so... It's an extremely wholesome take. Yeah, um, you could beat beat up. You could specifically beat up Scientologists with a with a yo-yo. Oh, I loved that <laughs> quest. It was so um, good. It was a lot of fun. Um, so. What about you? What do you think? So, um, 
I, I mean, you you took the words out of my mouth and said them more eloquently, which is literally the story of our relationship. So, <laughs> um, so I think th- this is how I explained it to uh, shout out to Los from the Future Monkeys podcast and his because um, he and I had this discussion in their Discord. Um, it was, um, it, it, I was like, listen, no, I don't think it is necessarily worth it to buy a game day one barring a few things you know it's if you can wait if it's just a cool game right like that you just want to try then wait right like Mm -hmm. if it just looks cool like um for example i will never buy a call of duty game the day it comes out like never but i always enjoy playing them you know, like I would red box them. You can't do that anymore. But like I would red box them, and now I can't do that. So I'll wait until they're fifteen dollars on Black Friday online, right? So because I enjoy their story modes, but like that's obviously not the point of the game. You're paying for the multiplayer, which I'll never play because I'm terrible at video games. So, um, like I used the example I used was, and this has not been announced yet, but Final Fantasy 16 is a game that is going to come out at some point in the next 25 years. I'm comfortable saying that. I'm not a betting man, but I'm comfortable saying that Final Fantasy 16 will come out in the next 25 years. When that game comes out, I there is not a thing on this planet that would stop me from playing that game the day that it comes out. Period. Full stop. I got Final Fantasy 15 the first day it yeah. came out, and I regret nothing. Same. That game is fantastic. Same. So it's and and it comes down to the fact that that is just that is my jam, <laughs> and so I'm gonna play it. Um, whereas like an Assassin's Creed game, I can wait. Um, now, admittedly, I'm in a unique spot compared to a lot of folks in that I I I come from a position of privilege and that I do get some games provided to me, but also. I'm in a position where I really only play like one or two grown-up games a year, mm. right? There you go. Um, so a lot of my time is focused on playing games so that I can talk about them on podcasts, etc. So some of my decision-making is a little bit skewed. But um, this is, you know, I, I agree with you. I mean, especially for live service games, the day, the day it comes out is the worst game that is the most that costs you the most money. Um, because it only will become better because um, there's never a game that's gotten worse over time ever, really. Um, has there been a game that's gotten worse over time? I mean, there are, there are games that okay. get worse over time, but it's... Never say, it's never not, say never. Yeah, it's not a never thing. It's just, it's it's rare. Yeah. These days so, especially. Not back in the days of the early MMOs because early MMOs, God, we looked back well, at some of those games that got worse over time, like Lord of the Rings Online got worse over time. Well, yeah, okay, uh, that's fair. But by and large, especially in the modern era, mm-hmm. games get better over time. I'll never say never, but um, and they and they don't get more expensive. That's one thing that is true. They don't get more expensive um, until they become collector's items. But that's you know you can still buy them digitally. So um, I a hundred percent sign co-sign everything you said. Um, but I think hype is the number one thing that rules it, right? Like, if it's a game that you just watch it and every part of it is just grabbing you. Um, this year, truthfully, the only games that really are grabbing any of us in this house are Animal Crossing um, and Final Fantasy VII. Uh, Final Fantasy VII is a great example. I will play that game the day it comes out, period, full stop. Sure. Um, 
I'll probably even take time off from work to do it. Um, but like Avengers, <laughs> I'm probably going to wait. Yeah. Um, unless, I mean, obviously there's a lot of time between now and then they can show me something and like convince me. Um, or if I was going to play with John or something like that, like that would be different. But, um, you know, I think the, uh, I think that folks and, you know, this is a lesson for kids that, you know, ask their parents for stuff. Like, you are always better making smarter decisions with your money and just being a year behind. Yes. Unless you – and that way, especially if it's not your thing, right? Obviously, Fortnite, you got to get the Battle Pass when it comes out, right? Like, that's different. But when we're talking about, you know, playing last year's Call of Duty or playing, um, you know – playing Star Wars Star Wars uh, Jedi Fallen Order um, that game was 60 bucks and in a couple you know in a couple of months it's going to be 30 forever um, you know for a lot of folks that's a perfect price for that game um, Battlefront 2 is a great example that game has seen some amazing success EA during their earnings call was just talking about how Battlefront 2 which was much maligned when it came out a couple of years ago has They've supported. It's been like the little Star Trek and or Star, sorry, Star Wars engine that could. Mm-hmm. Don't at me, guys. I'm sorry. It's okay. I don't worry um, about it, buddy. So I knew you would be gentle, but you know you, that's a that's a cardinal sin. Um. So and that game, it it was like eight dollars <laughs> at one point. Um. And just play it. Um, yeah. And so, um. So I think that's. I think you and I both agree. Um. No. <laughs> In general, it's not worth buying games. Um, day one, unless it's your job or unless you're super duper duper hype. Um, like, I will not be buying Cyberpunk the day it comes out. Uh, more power to you. Maybe I'll come to your house and watch. Um, because I I don't know. <laughs> that one's gonna be a little bit much for me. That's um, gonna. It's Cyberpunk's not really your jam. It's, it's like not my jam. Very very gritty. It's very dark. It's very corporate nonsense. Yeah, it's Dystopia. definitely. Yeah, it's definitely not my genre. Yeah. But then again, Nintendo games are the exception, and we really haven't... So I know you said, like, Watch Dogs 3 and Cyberpunk. Like, part of that's because we have no idea what Nintendo's going to do. Yeah, that, and is we a, know... that is a big part of it. I mean, like, Animal Crossing's another one for me. When I think about non-Nintendo games, I can't factor Nintendo games into it. Because Nintendo games I almost always get on day one. Um, because there's no reason not to. I mean, like, what's my risk factor? My risk factor is I miss out on the hype. So I'm going to go be part of the hype. <laughs> yeah. No, I, uh, yeah, that's, I agree with you, um, a billion percent. Um, and so, yeah, that's the, the answer to that question. I've been asked it a few times. Is it worth buying games day one? Generally, no, unless you're a slave to Nintendo or Final Fantasy like I am, at which point, what are you going to do? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about Anthem though. Yeah, let's talk this about this. This is Anthem. a prime example of this. So Anthem came out last year. Yes, it did. Around this, so it's about around a year. this time. Yep. And um, it promised some things. It made a lot of promises. So um, tell tell us about it. Okay. Well, for those, I mean, we talked about Anthem last year. We did. We talked a lot about Anthem last year because I was a regular on the show around this time last year. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that. I was really excited about with Anthem was getting getting a lot more out of the game than what I ended up getting out of it. 
a lot of it was I'm not able to solo. I'm not able to group up when I want to versus when I when I need to, which again is something that Final Fantasy XIV does exceptionally well. You're just like, oh, I don't have to group up for like 25 levels. Awesome. Okay, I'm gonna do that then. I'm still gonna group up if I want, but I don't. I'm not forced to. So for me, when I what I really fell in love with with Anthem was the the world it's beautiful it's an absolutely gorgeous experience mm -hmm. it's glorious to fly around the combat is solid it's fun it's interesting but it gets boring really fast so the loop is very similar no matter what you're doing it's a very grindy but not in a fun way it's not final fantasy grindy it's um uh original destiny grindy which leaves a lot to it leaves it leaves a lot to want. So we found out yesterday that it rather it was confirmed yesterday. This has been rumored now for the past six months. That, Probably one of the worst kept secrets in video games. It, yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, but it was good to get confirmation though. It was good to get confirmation, especially considering you know Mike sat down with Andrew Wilson uh, for Game Daily last year during mm -hmm. E3. He did to talk about Anthem a little bit and to get some clarification on what the heck is going on there. And EA was really, really, um, really adamant. Like, look, no, we're, we're planning on supporting Anthem long-term. We think that this game has a lot to offer and they're not wrong. It really does have a lot to offer. Analysts agree that it has a lot to offer. Uh, business folks like me, business writers like me are like, no, this has a ton of, you know, recurring revenue, that they can be doing. Even if they relaunch it as a free-to-pay um, hybrid subscription model, it's still smart as heck. They could pull this off. They could have a Final Fantasy XIV Realm Reborn situation. They could have a Warframe situation. Warframe's been around now for almost 10 years, and that game just keeps getting better. And that game uh is free-to-play. Dare I say it, a No Man's Sky situation. A No Man's Sky situation. Another really good example of a game that, you know, did not launch well, did was not received well, both nope. by press or by uh, consumers. And, you know, there was there was just a, there was a lot of animosity there. And I think there was a lot of animosity about Anthem too. I I don't share it because I see the potential in the game and I am happy to wait. I just don't want it to be abandoned. That's what I didn't want, and it was really nice to be able to hear from the powers that be over at EA and Bioware that this game is still going to be supported, that they're still going to make something of it. So, I'm hopeful. I'm not normally hopeful in this industry, but I'm actually really hopeful for this. I mean, as long as, as, long as Bioware is able to tap you know, the team over at the teams that are available to them from the other studios if they need it. Um, if they're also able to move away from, you know, like they're, they're also working on Dragon Age 4, right? They're, they're working on the new Dragon Age. So, I mean, they have a separate team working on that. So they've got their Anthem team and they've got their Dragon Age team. Uh, no word about anything to do with Mass Effect yet. So I think that Mass Effect is just in the hopper for now. So I don't know, man. This has got a it's got a lot of potential here, and I'm 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 hopeful. I'm not hype. I'm hopeful, cautiously hopeful. Um, I my eyebrows raised. I am I, I see interested. This. So, um, 
so I actually this is I'm I'm glad that we're talking about it because I actually put a um question in earlier on today or no it was yesterday um I put it into the uh, in, uh the community um which you can go to by going to engagefamilygaming.com slash community and I asked um if I, I is now the time to buy in on Anthem uh since it's getting significant work um meaning like at this point between now and when that re that relaunch comes out like I've seen Anthem for six dollars six dollars now admittedly I didn't pull the trigger then I don't know why I had a reason. Um, but, like, the upside to buying in now, while it's because it's not like they can raise the price on the game. They'll probably release, like, a new edition with whatever the relaunch stuff is. But, like, you could buy the base edition of the game. The upside is you have it and you can play around with it now. Um, or, and, you know, there might be a, uh, you know, some benefit to being a, an earlier adopter. Um, but I think a lot of it is just because it's cheap and it's kind of like investing, buying in now, having it on the off chance there's some benefit. But also, like, if it's getting reworked, like, this is it's probably worth it to have it. Um, I got some interesting responses, all of them negative <laughs> from our community. Um, <coughs> and most of it was, um, wait. And see what they announce and see what they say, which I think is perfectly valid. Mm-hmm. Um, I and think I think that's. Um, I don't think it, that's but, negative. I think that's perfectly neutral. Um, okay, some of them were uh, were a neutral weight. Some of them, um, no one said things that I could not repeat. I won't re- uh, say it all, but a lot of it was, you know, a few people were like, you know, I'll never trust EA again, stuff like that. I um, where have I heard that though? Like EA is the universally, it's like EA and Activision are the universally reviled publishers. Yeah, I mean, I, I think some people are just mad that they quote unquote ruined Bioware, which they obviously didn't. Um, you no, know, this is a did, weird ask. Just, yeah. Um, I think that's it. I mean, this is a yeah. weird ask. Like, okay. hey, single player story based RPG people make a Destiny killer, and they didn't um, because it's not a Destiny killer, and no. I don't think Destiny completely... needed to be killed. No, um, it's another so... looter shooter. Like, I mean. It's so weird that that's like a subgenre of third-person person action adventure RPGs these days, or action RPGs. Yeah. Like, but it's true. These are the yeah. kinds of games that get people engaged for long periods of time. It's like mm-hmm. it's proven that there's recurring revenue there. And if you know, if we've learned anything by watching Ubisoft, it's that that recurring revenue spend is really important for for the bottom line for these. Um, yeah. For these big publishers, they have a fiduciary responsibility to their investors and their shareholders. They need the advantage is if Anthem hit, would be they would have a game that was going to be a big money maker that they didn't need to remake every year. Because I mean, yeah. the reality is EA makes a ton of money from FIFA and Madden. Oh my god! But so the problem much. is they have to make those games every year. Yeah. You know, and admittedly, they. They have amazing project management and they streamline the development process as much as they possibly can. And they're working on like four years of the game at one time. You know, we've we've all heard the stories, right? Like they are remarkably well-oiled machines, but they still have to make a game every year. Mm-hmm. Whereas Anthem, if it hit, would be a game that they would have to update, which admittedly, I don't know how games are made, but updating a game is easier than making a new one. I will. I'm comfortable saying that. As long um, as it's on the same engine, yes. Yeah, exactly. So the um, so the fact that Anthem might be getting another chance, I'm excited just because you know, like Iron Man in, <laughs> like it's an Iron Man game at the very least. Um, 
I was super excited to see it. It was one of my most anticipated games. Um, and I know a lot of folks were burned by it. This is one of those, I'm certainly going to keep an eye on it. I mean, and I bring up the No Man's Sky situation because here's the deal. No Man's Sky, they over they overpromised, underdelivered. There's no way to deny that. But that game has been redeemed to the point where I'm comfortable to say, you know, we've been talking about finishing up our EFG essentials for a long time, right? No Man's Sky is on our essential games list for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. Because for me, it's a really cool space exploration game, and it is completely different now from what it was at launch. Because it has a creative mode and all sorts of other cool stuff. Um, that that is a turnaround, you know, going from reviled to a game that legitimately I think I'm comfortable recommending to almost anyone. That is a pretty significant turn, and I would love for Anthem to do that same bit, right? It's a, it's a multiplayer, T-rated ad- adventure shooter um, where you're fighting space aliens and stuff. Sounds great to me. Um, I would love for Anthem to have a turnaround, and I'd love to have to make the decision of what to cut to put it, to put it onto an EFG uh, essentials list at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Man, we talked a lot. Of, for a light week, we had a lot of stuff to talk about. But, Amanda, um, this has been episode 209. Amazing. Of the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast. We did it. We made it. Everybody, um, I hope you enjoyed listening as much as Amanda and I enjoyed recording. Um, I have one favor to ask. Everyone listening to this show knows someone that needs to listen to it. Um, I would encourage you to put this podcast in front of them um, or at the very least send them to engagedfamilygaming.com slash podcast head on over um, and take a look and see this show and the EFG Daily Commute. Have them uh, take a look at our various podcast products. We have a lot going now and several are in the hopper for the future. So, um, Amanda, thank you very much for joining me again. Good to be back. I'm glad I survived. I'm glad we all did. And so, uh, next week you'll be off because you're going to be uh, venturing forth to the West Coast. But don't worry about it, folks. I'll be here with Linda and a special guest, a returning guest, Carla Cop, who's going to be talking about another board game that she is just absolutely killing it with uh, that's coming to Kickstarter in a couple of weeks. And um, until next time, folks, uh, we will see you soon. And uh, don't forget to get your family game on. Bye. Bye. Music for the Engaged Family Gaming Podcast is Android Sock Hop by Kevin McLeod and audio production by Six Pack Nerds Productions.